Adventures with Eric, Chapter 1, Spud. Spud got his name from an indistinct resemblance to a potato. The name wasn't from the shape of his head or the color of his skin. I don't think I could stick gum to it, but somehow the name Spud just made sense. When Bernie first met him, he said, Hey Eric, who is this? And I told him, Bernie, this is Spud. He surely is, he surely is, was Bernie's reply. The name fit. I don't think anybody had a name that fit them better than Spud. Unfortunately, his parents didn't use that name. They had a different name, a name that made teeth itch, even Spud's teeth. What type of name is Clarence? I tried calling him Claire, but his mom caught me and said, Young man, I named my son Clarence after my great uncle, who was very rich and very smart, and you can provide him with the respect he deserves by calling him by his full name. So, from that day forward, he was officially known as Spud. His mother didn't inherit her uncle's smarts, so she didn't figure out that we were referring to her boy, Clarence, whenever we said Spud, just as long as we didn't use the undignified Claire. Spud moved to town when I was nine. His parents built some type of house at the end of our street. Their house was not like the other houses on the street. It was a house with more bedrooms than people. My mom said they must have poor bladder control because they had three bathrooms. Every other house she knew had only one bathroom. Back to what I was trying to tell you. Spud was playing in his yard one day while I watched the moving van men drop what I'm assuming had before the drop, being a television. When Spud saw this, he figured he should get away from the house as his mother was going to start her version of swearing, which seemed to consist of a bunch of big fancy words while waving her arms in the air and pointing at the TV and at the moving men. Spud wandered down the street to where I was and said, Hi. He was about three inches shorter than I and had thick glasses that were quite dirty. His hair was blonde and cut quite fancy. I could tell his mum didn't cut his hair. Even though he had a fancy haircut, it still kind of hung down onto his glasses. I wasn't sure how old he was, and suspected he was younger than me. With the utmost, with the utmost of clever replies, I said, Hi. Spud looked toward where his mother was talking at the moving van man, who was attempting to build a television from a bunch of broken pieces, and asked, Is there anything to do around here? As we were near the same age and lived on the same street, it was a natural friendship in the making. There wasn't much more one could ask for. At the age of nine, creativity hasn't been fully developed, so we had to build our friendship doing such mundane things as riding bikes and chasing one another with pretend guns, usually sticks. Both our mothers had grown up in the city where guns were thought to be bad, and they would not let us play with real pretend guns. Unlike Spud and me, Scott's parents were from the country and let him have all sorts of pretend guns, and even some semi-real ones like BB guns and pellet guns. But I will talk about Scott later. Spud was one of my first real friends. We slept out in the McDonald's barn, got scared and ran home before 10 at night. An episode like that bonds people together for life. There were other kids in the neighborhood before Spud, but he was somebody who related to me. Spud had quirks, things he didn't quite catch on to right away. I think it was the result of his rich upbringing. He hadn't learned how to react to people out in the street. The first time I took him to Dutchie's General Store, I knew Spud was a fellow who could find excitement where it doesn't exist for others. We went into Dutchie's to look at comics. 
Dutchy was cool as he would let us sit in the store reading comics all afternoon. I could only afford to buy second-hand comics, so there wasn't a hope I would ever purchase one. But that didn't seem to bother Dutchy. Spud could afford lots of comics, but preferred to sit in Dutchies and read comics on the hardwood. We would sometimes buy jawbreakers and suck on them, causing us to get black lips. There is a secret jawbreaker rule that states the proper way to eat a jawbreaker is to take it out of the mouth every half minute or so to see what color it has changed to. Another thing to remember when eating jawbreakers, while reading comics, is to wait until the outer black coating has been sucked off before taking it out of the mouth. Otherwise, it will get black on the fingers and then onto the comics. I'm not saying this from personal experience, just common sense. I would have never marred Dutchie's comics as he might then suggest I purchase them. Well, he would if he caught me making them sticky with black jawbreaker goo. The first time I took Spud into Dutchie's and introduced him, Spud bought us a big bag of jawbreakers with a dollar bill. Unless they had been saving for a special occasion, I had never known a kid to have that much money on them at one time. Spud just laid that buck down and picked up the little brown bag filled with 50 jawbreakers as if it was something that happened every day in every small town everywhere. I knew the truth though, and so did Dutchie. This was a kid to be reckoned with. We both surmised that without even giving it a thought, he could have laid down another crumpled bill and taken another 50 jawbreakers. I had to suck in a slow, long breath of, co- of air. This was a kid I could respect. At the comic rack, he took it one step further by mentioning that he had already read the most recent Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk, and Superman comics, as he had them at home. I had to step back and take another slow, long breath. Casually mentioning that he had three brand new comics at home was awe-inspiring. I showed him how we could lay on the hardwood with our chins propped up by our hands, sucking jawbreakers while reading comics. Spud drew in a slow, long breath and gave me that look. He knew this was a really cool thing to be allowed to do inside a store. As we were reading the comics, a group of bikers came into Dutchies and propped themselves on the stools at the counter and ordered coffee. Spud quit reading his comic and stood up while brushing himself off. Now, I never usually paid attention to the bikers. They were part of our town every summer. I had listened to my mum dad talk about the wild parties they had down at the lake, but I was never allowed to go and see for myself just how wild. There were three of them. Two were really fat and wearing tight black t-shirts that didn't quite cover their stomachs. All of them had some type of facial hair, and all were wearing leather pants. But the third one, who was skinny, was a scary-looking guy. He had little round glasses, and just below his left eye, a spider tattoo. On the right side of his face, he had tattooed a muscled, man-like creature hanging from inside his ear hole. I looked enough to see what it was, but also realized it wasn't proper to stare at people who are a little bit scary. Spud finished dusting himself off, and as he pulled the jawbreaker in and out of his mouth, he stared at the man's head. I wanted to say something to Spud, but couldn't find the right words. Spud continued to stare with his eyes magnified out of his thick glasses. Slowly, the man's head began to turn and look at Spud. He pushed himself up from the counter and said, What are you looking at, kid? Spud never missed a beat. Pulling the jawbreaker out with one hand and adjusting his pants with the other, he said, That is one great tattoo.
It almost looks like Tarzan with big ears. I really wanted to leave. I wanted to stop Spud from losing the bit of height he had attained. I wanted to intervene, but I was dumbfounded by his bravado. And he was still staring at the man who was walking toward him. Kid, anybody ever tell you not to stare at people? The man said while leaning down until his face was inches from Spud's. Hey, it's even better up close. Want a jawbreaker? Spud said as he presented the crumpled brown paper bag to the man. The man continued to stare at Spud. He took the bag and shook one out into his hand. Thanks, kid. I have a good one on my left arm, too. And boy, did he ever. It was a rhinoceros, and he could make it run when he dribbled his fingers on the counter. He bought us each a pop and took us outside and showed us his motorbike. I noticed his two friends shaking their head heads as he let us sit on the seat and play with the throttle. He told us that the only cool bikes are hogs and only cool guys drive them. If a non-cool guy is caught on a hog, he is in big trouble. Hey, I'm just repeating what he said. After they left, I exclaimed to Spud, you could get hurt doing something like that. Nah, nobody puts a cool tattoo on their face if they don't want people to look at it. And even bikers can remember eating jawbreakers. Spud answered, I gave him one of those looks. That means we better get back to reading comics, or I'm going to start wondering what comic you stepped out of.